Welcome to the Here Be Dragons podcast. My name is Jake Lefebvre. I'm the lead pastor of Christ City Church, East Vancouver. I am sitting here with Brett Landry, senior pastor of Christ City Church. And for the first time ever, newly to the staff team, uh, John Briers. John, it is fantastic to have you uh, with us as we discuss something, Brett, I think you're excited uh, to talk about. Uh, excited is one way to word how I feel about talking about this. Another way to word it? Well, why don't you tell the folks what we're talking about? And then we'll this open. podcast is all about uh, Kanye West, his recent conversion, how we should think about his recent conversion, the art that comes along with his recent conversion, and all that's wrapped up in that. If you don't know, this past October 25th, Kanye dropped Jesus is King, an album. Uh, Kanye, in a recent interview, has said that in April of this past year, he became a Christian. He was born again, to use his language, uh, simultaneously dropped the Jesus is King film <laughs> with Bible verses and gospel singing. And so I thought it'd be interesting for us to talk about that. How do we engage with this sort of public, uh, you know, conversion? How do we think about that? What are some good responses? What are some bad responses? And everything in between. And so, Brett, with that in mind, I would love to push it first. And before you do, I know you're eager to, to talk about this. You're on the edge of your seat. But before you talk about it, John has something to say about this. And you have something to say about this. And they're two very, very different things. And I'm excited about that. So, Brett, why don't you give us your first... Uh, sort of take, hot take, if you will, on the Kanye West conversion story. Yeah, in a world of hot takes, I think we need to be aware of the fact that we we judge things like this over the course of history, not in the course of hot take moments. And we live in a hot take moment, and that's not necessarily how we should posture ourselves. And so, yeah, I'm excited to talk about something fun like this uh, that's going on around us. I'm also like, I don't actually know if we should be talking about this because not only are we the furthest thing from the center of the hip-hop scene in the world... Uh, Speak for yourself. Yeah, uh, but we are also... I don't know if anybody should be talking about this. That's more how I feel about it, is this is this kind of like... We live in a world that doesn't push pause very often on on watching something unfold, and when somebody's as public as a you know Kim Kardashian's husband... That's kind of where we're talking. We're talking about Kanye West, who was famous before he met her. Obviously, they're a well-known uh, couple in popular culture. And the fact of the matter is, I just don't know that it's always great to give takes on things like this. And that's actually, I mean, that's really what I'm trying to angle this at, is we can't judge that right now. Now, what I do think is, when somebody says, I have given my life to Jesus, and I'm trying to follow him in every area of my life— I think we need to celebrate that. We need to be excited about that. All of heaven rejoices at the repentance of one sinner. I don't know why any of us would have any other posture but that. We should take somebody at their confession and say, hey, you say this, we're going to believe you, and we're going to walk with you, and we will know by the fruit of your life if it's something that is authentic. Um, so as we've talked about this over the last you know week around the office and Obviously, you know, I shared something on social media uh, about this and got lots of feedback from people. And a lot of the questions are, what do you think about this? Is this legit? And that was a lot of people in our church asking, is this legit? And again, I don't see any reason why we would doubt someone uh, who says, I'm a follower of Jesus. Whatever the profile, whatever the background, if Paul the Apostle and Brett Landry can be saved, why not Kanye West? Brett, is there any sort of precedent for this historically for us to think about uh, Kanye's conversion 
Uh, is there any kind of maybe parallels, if not exact, sort of, you know, one-to-one, something comparable that we can maybe think about these high-profile conversions? Yeah, I mean, there's people who've come to Christ over the course of history that that would shock others. And then what happens is is you you start to see the way their life unfolds, and then the history books tell uh, of of either the faithfulness or unfaithfulness or questions that we might have about it. I, I, so, I mean, we talk about Kanye. We could talk about Constantine. Constantine was a Roman emperor, um, you know, in the 4th century, I think 4th century. Yeah. And you were talking about a, a, a king who reportedly had a vision and God spoke to him and he knew that he was supposed to fight this battle on behalf of Jesus and that God was with him and that he was going to have victory because God was with him. Now, you can read very, very different accounts of Constantine's conversion and the impact that that had on Christendom or Christianity being fused together with the earthly power of the empire and the way that that unfolded over the generations to come, generations to come, the ripple effects of this happening uh, lasted for hundreds of years, hundreds and hundreds of years. So you, you can read one scholar, uh, I'm thinking Peter Lightheart. he says that this is absolutely authentic. Why would we ever doubt the conversion of Constantine? And why would we ever think that God wouldn't use somebody like him to roll out Christianity within the Roman Empire? Then there's other scholars. I'm thinking of Jacques Ellul. I was reading him. Uh, really more of a libertarian in the sense of, uh, of what he is, Roman Catholic, I believe, a libertarian French philosopher. And, I mean, Ellul would just see, like, not only... Is it not good for the church to be fused with the earthly empire powers? But he would say, like, there's there's no way this could have even been authentic. He would question the authenticity of the whole deal. And so uh, Peter Lightheart would say something like, um, this was a good thing. It wasn't just a political ploy. It wasn't like he was trying to pander to Christians to get them behind to have his support. There were only 15% Christian population in the empire. And so it wasn't like he was talking to a majority who were already in control and trying to make them happy. And then... And then what ends up coming out of it, though, and this is where I would agree with Alul, and also I, I want to give attention to somebody like Lightheart, who they would, they would both see their perspective as being overwhelmingly convincing. But there was a bit of a mutation of Christianity in that era uh, in terms of the way that it was linked then with the empire kind of power. And it seems as though the, the meek, mild you know, the meek shall inherit the earth kind of thing, and, and, and the, the peace-loving people, all of a sudden now you have these people who are battling in the name of Jesus and taking new land and territories in the name of Jesus, and the power of the empire and the power of the church get fused together, and it does undertake some type of a mutation in the way that the gospel is lived out. So, again, I want to come back down to it. That's the question the history books have to take and analyze and, and ask, and then we can look at the data, and we can see... What were the outcomes of having a Christian emperor? Somebody who was an emperor, who was in power, who then claimed to follow Jesus. Now, if you look at Constantine's conversion story, and then you look at some of the letters that he wrote, he was a guy who wanted there to be unity in the church. Some people say that unity was only for political power. Others say he really had a faithfulness, a desire for faithfulness in the church and unity among believers from all different parts of his empire, and he wanted them to be on the same page and not have infighting. And so you can, you've got letters that he wrote that are alluding to this, and you go, was he a political operative or was he a faithful follower of Jesus who happened to be the emperor? And, and either way, that's fine. I'm okay with either way. 
but there was something funky that happened to the church in that era. Right. And I think if I'm hearing you here, Brett, I think, you know, on one hand, we can say, you know, it's not for us to say, you know, the legitimacy of the conversion one way or another. What the danger is, though, is attaching our faith so strongly with one person. Uh, in the same way, if I can make the Constantine to Kanye jump, which I don't think has been done before in the history of... Yeah, I'd like to apologize for that. Yeah, for all those who are learned listening to this podcast, we apologize. Uh, if we can make that jump, um, you know, we don't want to start having maybe a Kanye youth teaching series necessarily right. happening on Monday night. You know, we don't want to uh, say, well, Kanye says this about Jesus, and so there's a, a, a sect or denomination within Christianity that is sort of like a, a Kanye-following um, sect. John, I want, I want to go over to you now, because as we were talking the other day, you took a really interesting turn uh, with this whole topic. And so uh, in the interview Kanye does with Zane Lowe, which is a fantastic two-hour interview, if you have two hours to spare, uh, on YouTube or on a podcast, wherever you can find it, Zane Lowe, a pretty well-known uh, hip-hop R&B uh, journalist, which I found out because of research, not because I know the hip-hop and R&B world. Uh, as a, an aside, and I have to say Again, as, are we the right people to be doing this conversation? Aside, that's, that's the question. I, the funny thing about this whole thing, and I think I said this to you guys before, you know, you have these pastors everywhere Googling, like, Drake and Kanye beef. Like, <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? What, I thought beef was a food. And, and so um, this is just a funny aside. It's that these pastors buttoned up everywhere are Googling these things. But John, you, you picked up in, how, in that interview with Zane Lowe, Kanye talks about himself, and he seems quite tickled by it as a Christian innovator. Yeah. A Christian innovator. And you said something about uh, Kanye brings up a good point about how we understand and come alongside and support or not support innovators or people who are pushing us in the church community, even beyond Kanye. Can you speak a bit to what you were thinking there? Yeah. I, well, first of all, I was just interested in the language that he used. And, and I think when you think about Christian innovator, it feels like an oxymoron because Christianity is not associated with innovation and and that's what i think that kanye kind of tickled himself when he was when he was when he gave that um kind of impression of himself um the, the thing historically the word innovation has not been a good word in in christianity so it's used in the pejorative all throughout church history to talk about people that have moved away from the ancient faith that we hold which is just an interesting thought anyway and so it's only in modern times, really, that the word innovation or an innovator has been used to uh, to, to speak positively about someone. And so uh, I think there's obviously a rightful a, a nervousness around the whole topic of Kanye West becoming a Christian and, you know, whether we should let all our kids listen to him and as, as a kind of faithful theologian. Um, but also there's a nervousness around this idea of innovation within the church, which I think is is right and good. Um but also on the other side, uh, what does it mean for churches? The, the, the thought that I had was what does it mean for churches to provide space for people that are more creatively minded? Right. People that um, are more predisposed to the new and the, um, the unknown um, as opposed to, to the old. And so I think there is always that tension um, within within a community where you've got people that uh, are much more focused on the old and then you've got people that are much more interested in the new. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the thought process that went through my head, um, particularly around people that I've worked with in the past that are creative, um, that are interested in innovation, interested in new things, and, and how, do, how do we facilitate room for that? So, John, if you were to say, you know, here's where innovation 
Uh, we've seen it be helpful uh, in the history of the church or even just in your recent experience. And here's where innovation has clearly gone wrong and we're not thinking through the implications of the innovation. Are there some immediate examples that come to your mind uh, as, as you think about that? Yeah, well, I think I think the obvious, um, when you think of the word innovation, the obvious place you go is towards the Reformation. And so um, a lot of the back and forth uh, with the reformers uh, and, and the, the Catholic Church was um, you're being innovators. And so it was obviously used in the pejorative sense to suggest that people are moving away from the faith. And what they were suggesting in, in kind of uh, retort was that, no, actually, we're reforming. We're going back to, to this ancient faith. I think when it comes, um, interestingly, to doctrine, um, uh, in, in my mind, uh, you know, we're not looking for innovation. Um, we're looking to, um, like, we're very, it's very unlikely that we're going to discover new truths that the church historically has not discovered, particularly about the personhood of God, and, um, because, because our source of authority is the scripture. Um, and so the burden of proof is on you as the modern scholar who wants to write a new book about something, you know, the, the, a new vision of what Jesus said on the Sermon on the right. Mount, for example. Um, uh, examples, I think, where innovation is is good and healthy is, is where the gospel um, reaches into new cultures and in new places and um, and the, the way in which Christianity is born out and lived out um, is... Um, is seen as uh, uh, you know you know there's there's flexibility in, in how that's lived out and so that for me is 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 where innovation is is possible um, and and when we when we just just to talk about the word innovation it comes from the idea of the new obviously and to be renewed and so what's interesting actually when you look at the life of Jesus he comes and he um, he talks about renewal right he's talking right. about bring, making all things new. And so um, there's something in what the church is doing, um, which which is intrinsically innovative in in the world. Um, but to to speak of innovation within doctrine and stuff like that, I think I think yeah. there's a caution there. And I think to go back to sort of you know results or sort of things we can see out of this Kanye thing. I was talking to a friend the other night, and he mentioned he works in at the design world, um, the fashion world. And he mentioned, of course, Kanye is a, is a big figure, as, as Google told me, uh, in the fashion world. I was Googling all these like weird like fashion icons, and it was, it was a strange day on Google for me. Anyways, but what he told me is that, uh, so him and his friends, they, they go and they see this Jesus is King film. Uh, and he has this opportunity uh, to, you know, not, you know, at length... Uh, but explain some of the scriptures that come up in, in that film. And so if nothing else, there's there's a launching pad for a greater conversation uh, to a lot of uh, beliefs, um, convictions about Jesus that had long been sort of suppressed and sort of just written off as archaic just immediately. And so those are being brought to the surface. And so I thought be, like, that was one really cool um, yeah, offshoot of this. Yeah, and I think that ties back in a little bit to the, the people who are in influence and power and are able to shape culture, um, we're, we're, we're for that. As followers of Jesus, we think people, we have, a, we have a rich theology of faith and work at Christ City, and I know many people who are listening to this are thinking through how to live out their faith in their work in a faithful way in, uh, in the cities that they're living in. But it's one of the weird things within evangelical subculture is that we love these heroes. Like, we, we love the idea 
of Constantine the Emperor bringing you know the the power of God to bear on the empire in that way and making a way for evangelization to happen and funding the building of cathedrals and different like we we it, there's certain aspects of that we love our figurehead people who are like yeah, that guy bears the standard of Jesus and so it's also like there's a weird response to it so there's on one hand you've got this film and it starts conversations and I guess that's where I, where I want to say that's where we need to drive this to right is conversations with people who are paying attention it's talking to high school students who are listening to the album going, Jesus is what? Like, w- w- what is going on with this? And it's having that conversation on a personal level rather than running around with, yay, our team got another guy. Our, our team got another right. guy. Don't you know how famous he is? Or as Connie said in the interview, this is a big win for the kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think that every single person who comes into the kingdom is a big win for the kingdom. Amen. And I don't think that having Kanye changes the game in some ways, but will God use people of influence and people of means to further his, his plans and his will in this world? Absolutely. He does. Right. And so it's, it's, it's walking that fine line of going, we have to have a Christian prime minister, a Christian president, a Christian business, a Christian, whatever, and, and that's the only way that it can work. Or is it saying we actually need these public figureheads to to uh, be the champions of the faith? And I, one of the best things that Kanye said in that interview is he's talking about the scriptures. He starts to quote a psalm, and then he goes, hang on a second. Like, I'm not a theologian. I'm a recent convert. And so I think that the tendency of the church is to start like just like saddling people with weight of now you have to be able to carry this. And I guess to go back to the nerdy historical thing that I'm trying to hang, hammer on about, like Constantine's letters read like a new convert. They read like a guy who was in power and in authority, who was trying to figure out what it meant to follow Jesus with his whole world. And that's why I think it's an interesting parallel to Kanye, because you have a guy with great influence. He's got a, a mega influence in several different industries, and he's very well known, and he's got this baby faith. And when people come to faith who come from messy backgrounds, myself included, you don't expect them to be mouthpieces in the kingdom of God and champions of proclaiming the gospel immediately in some senses because they're trying to figure out who Jesus is. How do I react to these things? Yeah, and I want to drive down there, and I think, you know, wrapping up this conversation in just a bit, but you see in Acts 9, you see, you know, obviously Saul, Paul coming to know Jesus, and people are saying, like, isn't this the guy who was killing people, right? And even for Paul and his ministry, it wasn't sort of a conversion and immediately public ministry and and, and going out. Years. Years. Um, In the same way we see in in the instructions to elders uh, that it should not be a, a new convert. I should not be a new believer uh, for the reasons that we're, you know, we, we see and the reasons that we know. Um, if I can throw this to you, John, for a second. What, so we've had the response of like positive, you know, this is great. This is exciting. One of the overwhelming, overwhelming responses has been one of c- uh, cynicism. <laughs> one of just sort of, this is just a marketing ploy. Uh, this isn't real. You know, it's, it's his sort of Bob Dylan, uh, Jesus um, you know, record, and then he'll go back to producing whatever afterwards. Yeah. Um, you know, Johnny Cash, you know, he, he falls into that sort of line. Why does that response exist in the heart of people? Um, and how can we guard against that response, not just with Kanye, uh, but in, in the broader yeah. um, experience of life? Yeah. I, well, I think first off, what's interesting is um, it's not it's not necessarily um, a, a good 
move for him to move into Christian, you know, so sometimes we can live in our own Christian echo chambers whereby everyone is sort of saying, oh yeah, this is going to be good for him because now he's got a whole new fan base. But let's face it, it's Kanye West, right? He doesn't need new fans necessarily. So um, this move that he's made is more, um, I think it's going to be more of a cost to him um, ultimately. So, so that, that for me is what kind of assuages my, my cynicism in some ways. Um, I think the other thing is, um, I was speaking with someone the other day and they were, they were, um, I was asking them how they are so, um, sort of calm and cool and collected in, in church meetings where things are obviously a little bit off piste. And I, I noticed it in them and they sort of, um, were very encouraging of the things that, that were good. And, and, um, so I asked, I asked this guy, an old, older gentleman, and, and he says, um, when I'm in meetings, I, I look for what God is doing. You know, he's got a big vision of God um, and he's got a big vision that, um, that there's going to be a lot of humanity in our Christianity. Um, but God is a, about his work and about building his kingdom. And I think that um, when I think about this Kanye thing, um, I think that God's about his work. He's building his kingdom. And if... Um, and and we should, as Brett said, we should be celebrating if some if someone like him is or anyone um, has has um, chosen to follow Christ. Yeah, and I think there's maybe there's a sense too, and that's really helpful, John, of us not actually believing like the goodness of the news that we have. Yeah. Um, and seeing a guy like Kanye, well, well, Kanye has so much, right? And he has it all. He's a billionaire designer. Like, w- why would he need this? Do we actually believe that we have something uh, that, regardless of how much money you have, regardless of how much fame you have, uh, like you want that and yeah. you and you need that? And so, Brett, John, really appreciate you guys taking the time to talk about Kanye. Constantine and high profile conversions. Did not think we would be doing this podcast ever, <laughs> but we did it. Yeah. Against our better judgment. Against our better judgment. We are here and it is recorded. Thanks very much. Here Be Dragons is a podcast of Christ City Church in Vancouver. You can find us online at herebedragonspodcast.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dragon Podcast.